Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and as always, we have with us... It's Killer Croc. <laughs> no, it's Apple with the sword throat. <laughs> and it's normal Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we are bringing you the latest movie, TV, merchandise, and video game news from the past two weeks, as well as a spotlight character, which is Joe Chill, and a feature, which we will be talking about the possibilities and what we would want to see if there was ever a Batman year one type show kind of like Smallville. So, let's get into the movie news. So, the last podcast that we recorded actually was recorded right before Superman and Batman came out, so there's a lot of stuff that is Superman and Batman related, but I'm not really going to cover a lot of it because there's not that much coming. There, there's not that much stuff that's pretty interesting or new. The one thing that is worth mentioning is that on September 28th, it was announced that Superman and Batman Public Enemies will in fact have a soundtrack, but the soundtrack will only be available digital form through iTunes. So you can actually get a link to the iTunes store on the website so that way you can find the soundtrack and buy it if you enjoy the music that much. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll be buying it though, but I, if I'm on iTunes really late at night and I see it, I'm probably picking it up. <laughs> I... Um... I wasn't over... There were some bits from the music that I thought were pretty good, but I definitely have to sort of listen to the previews and see if there's anything that really interests me before I'd be interested in buying this soundtrack. Didn't blow me away, that's for sure. thing for movie news that we have is on September 30th, uh, MTV posted up a sneak peek at the new Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, um, and it's not the first look that you might have seen on the Blu-ray or DVD version of Superman Batman, it's actually a new take, actually it just looks like the same thing that has a lot of new things intertwined in it, so you can take a look at that clip, it's not really worth playing because it's a lot of visual stuff more than audio, but you can check out the clip on the website 
Yeah, I, I I'm really looking forward to this film. I know Nick's really not, but uh, I am. I, I can't wait. I want that movie right now so I can see how, what they did to it. I thought it looked okay. Um, it's not a story that really uh, interests me that much, but um, the animation certainly looks impressive, as has the animation in most of these uh, DC animated films so far. So I'll keep an eye on it, see, see um, if my interest uh, grows at all. But um, it, it's a clip worth checking out, definitely, especially if you like the Justice League sort of stuff. I'm sure you'll be interested in this clip. Somewhere in the multiverse, there is a world I call Earth Prime. Every Earth is a variation of this one, the original. And once I destroy it, all reality will follow. All right, so let's move into TV news. There's actually a decent amount of TV news this week. Um, on October 2nd, we found out that Batman the Brave and the Bold has a return date. Our contact at Warner Brothers has confirmed... Uh, the rumor floating around that Batman the Brave and the Bold will in fact be back on TVs in the U.S. on Cartoon Network starting October 16th. The episode will be the When Omac Attacks, which was previously announced back in June. The following week will be October 23rd, and that's when Mayhem of the Music Meister will air. But the airtime is going to change. It's not going to be the same as it was before. It'll actually be 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because as a comic book fan, uh the stuff that they had said at Comic Con when we were over there, it just poked your interest as a fan and you're like, Oh, let me check this out. I wanna see how this this is gonna pan out. So this is still season one, isn't it? Correct. Right, okay. And the OMAC attacks episode that hasn't aired already, has it? No. No, okay, right. Um, yeah, so interesting to see they're coming back. They're obviously very popular at the moment, so they need to make sure they start off well again. And uh, you guys are saying the musical episode's really good. I am looking forward to seeing that, just because it's a bit different. But, um, yeah, so interesting to see what they'll give give to us once they come back. It's been a very long break. And is this now going to be constant until they finish this first series? I They have not said whether or not it's going to be consistent and making sure they put out an episode every week. All we know at this point is that the one the Omega Attacks uh, episode is going to air and then the Music Meister episode. So I'm hoping that it's not just those two episodes and then we're waiting a couple more months for more episodes. Hmm. Yeah, well, it makes I'm sure it'll make a lot of people happy that The Brave and the Bold is back because it's, it's gained a lot of fans in the last uh, year or so. Most definitely. Right, yeah. Speaking of the Music Meister episode, we found out on October 5th that New Line Records, the same exact company who is releasing the Superman Batman Public Enemy soundtrack, will be releasing a soundtrack for Batman the Brave and the Bold Mayhem the Music Meister episode. Um, the soundtrack will be released exclusively through Amazon only in a CD form and will also be available through iTunes. Um, to download as a digital copy. Um, the price will be $7.98 for the Amazon version or $6.99 through the iTunes album. So you can't buy the song separately, but you'd be able to buy the entire album for only $7 on iTunes. 
All right, so we were notified by New Line Records that actually we are going to have the opportunity to give away two copies of the soundtrack each day through October 26th through October 30th. All you have to do is email contest at thebatmanuniverse.net along with your name, your address, and your phone number. You send us that information and you answer this question. Who voices the voice of Batman? in Batman the Brave and the Bold. It's the only question you have to answer. You send us the answer either the 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th, or 30th. We'll pick two winners each day and post it up on the site so you know so you're not having to try again the next day. And then at the end of the week, we will send out the copies and you will have the free copy of the CD. Now the one catches, this is only open to U.S. residents. It's not our choice. We know we have lots of international listeners, but that's what we were told by New Line Records is that it's only allowed to be in the U.S. Yeah, and you know what? I will say this about the episode. Uh, we saw it. We were fortunate to see it, Dustin and I, at uh, Comic-Con. And I don't know why, but those songs are, like, catchy and they stick in your head. And I'm like, oh, man, do I really want to get this soundtrack and put it on my iPod? Because then I'm going to be going around singing these songs and people are going to be like, what the heck are you singing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, be, be careful because uh, that, that music meister, I mean, he, he sure does play with you. Yeah, well, you guys said that the, uh, the episode's really good. I'm looking forward to watching it just for something a bit different. I can't remember any Batman musicals in the past. And uh, it should be interesting to see what they can come up with with this. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. So... Like I said, October 26th through the 30th, you will be giving away two copies. So make sure you send your information over. We will also make sure that we post it on the website. So because we still are about a week out from that contest. Looks like someone's been caught with their hands in the cookie jar. A good spanking is in order for you boys. Nothing will keep us from controlling the satellite, especially you. Then it sounds to me like it's time to rumble. Indeed, but it is you who will take the tumble. I'm sorry, hon, but did you just sing that? Of course I did. Wait, yes I did. I'm sounding shrill against my will and cannot stop the singing. And in my ears I swear I hear a quite distinctive ringing. This silly game is very lame and someone's going to pay. An unknown force, but where's the source that has us in its way? Who is doing this to us? And on this we must concur They're dastardly, despicable Disturbingly, inexplicable And evidently capable move right along. On October 6th, we actually got the press release for the soundtrack. Um, there's no reason to read through it because it's the same exact thing that I already told you. And then on October 8th, we were given a bunch of screenshots and uh, three clips from When the Omac Attacks uh, episode, where the synopsis will, is going to be for this episode. The all-American fighting machine OMAC is pitted against the equally destructive shrapnel in a chaotic fight to the finish. But the architect behind the battle is the mysterious balance-obsessed villain Libra. So, the teaser will feature Hawk and Dove 
and then we'll have Omac, Shrapnel, and Libra. So you can check out a lot of those pictures on the website, as well as the three videos that were sent over from Warner Brothers. Looks like the uh, Brave and the Bold are doing what they do best and cramming as many characters as they can into one episode. Yep. <laughs> Definitely seems like that. I know. You know what, Des? We ought, we ought to ask them and we can voice some characters since they're just like throwing <laughs> all of them in there. <laughs> Killer Croc. Yeah, I, I'll do Killer Croc. See, this ain't no backcave. You're on my turn now. Alright, so that's all the TV news. Let's move right along into merchandise news. Um, on October 2nd, Toy News International posted up an announcement from Universal Designs. Uh, we talked about this way back when, about this company called Universal Designs that was going to be making some motorcycle attire that is specifically based off of the Dark Knight. Um, we saw it when we were at Comic-Con. Um, we posted some pictures on it, and now they actually have the final version, and they are now taking orders for it. If you have $1,000 and you want to ride in style, looking like Batman, on your motorcycle, they have a bat suit of sorts that you can wear, which includes everything but the helmets, as boots, as arm protectors, the jacket, pants, and yeah, so there's a video online that you can take a look at to see all the detail of it, but it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, that that really looks nice, and if I had a motorcycle, I guarantee you this suit would already be in the mail coming to my house, but I don't own a motorcycle because my wife won't let me have one, <laughs> so I'm like, you know, stuck like Chuck, kind of. But in a sense, I mean, I guess I could still buy the suit and wear it in my house, but that would be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. You could drive your car in it if you want. <laughs> but that, is, that the, is a really cool outfit, though. Yeah, I thought the video for it was the cheesiest video I've ever seen for um, for clothes before. It was insane. And but it does look very similar to Batman's outfit. The only thing that's missing is the cape, and that's probably not there for safety reasons when you're riding a motorbike. But I mean, it was a very cheesy video. And to be honest, I'd be amazed if they sell many of these because who's got the money to buy that? And how many bikers want to wear that is another thing that interests me. But but impressive be, designs. You know that'd be pretty interesting. But it it does look like uh, they did hire uh, Joel Schumacher for that video right there. Since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, who's talking about Batman? I love Batman. All those muscles, the tight rubber armor, and that flashy car. I heard it can drive up walls. Yeah, sure, Joel. All right, so October 5th, The Foosh, yes, that's right, the name of the site is The Foosh, posted up a first look at the Dark Knight Movie Masters Jailhouse Joker. The figure goes on sale on October 15th, and since we were recording that before October 15th, and you will probably listen to it right after October 15th. Go to MaddieCollector.com and you can buy the Jailhouse Joker Movie Master figure. So this is going to be an exclusive on MaddieCollector.com. It's not going to be in stores. It will only be on MaddieCollector.com. So 
go get them because the more they, the more we buy as fans, the more likely that they continue to make these figures over time. They plan on releasing one figure every month up until they've announced through March. So let's just make sure that after March happens, they keep announcing more figures. Yeah, and I mean, it. it I mean, to collect these is really cool, but. To almost look at the Dark Knight already, I came out over a year ago, but it's still having the effect right now as far as toys. That's freaking cool. And the detail in this Joker is actually really impressive. The face in particular and uh, his shirt, it's got really great detail. Very impressive for um, for that size toy. Yes, definitely. So make sure you go to maddiecollector.com and you pick up the figure. It wasn't hard. See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> Alright, so moving along, we have no video game news, and we have no general news. So, that's going to bring us into the new segment, listener question. So, Nick is going to read us a question from a listener. Uh, yeah, this question comes from Joe in L.A., and uh, his question is, would you guys like to see a a new monthly Robin comic starring Damien? Well, my answer to that is, well, we've seen Robin, Dick Grayson never had his own Robin series. Tim Drake was really the only one who ever had his own series when it came to being Robin. Jason Todd wasn't even around long enough to have his own series. Um, do I want to see Damien have his own? No, I really don't. Specifically because I don't think Damien could really carry a series and make it interesting. It would take a really, really good writer in order to do it, which there are writers who could do it and make it good, but I don't see anybody wanting to take on this character and wanting to write about Damien. Um, Damien's a brat who wants to read about a brat 24-7, I don't, I don't see it really being a, a plus side. I think it's better when it's teamed up with Dick, when when Damien's teamed up with Dick Grayson, because then you get the aspect of there's conflict, but there's also resolution, and you're not going to get that if you're just reading about Damien. You know, I, I, I don't know how to feel about Damien. Um, I still kind of don't like him. I, so if I feel like that, I. I really don't want a monthly book about him, but uh, I mean, then again, I'm I'm a certain kind of fan, and there's a whole bunch of different kind of fans who probably would like, hey, Damien will work, you know, you know, and I'm all for that. If you think it's gonna work, hey, I'm all for that. I support you in any way as a Batman fan, but um, I, I I don't like Damien. I'm I'm still waiting for a 900 number. I um I would really like to see a Damien comic because I think. He's not the same as most of the Bat family. He's not a goody-goody. He doesn't... He's not completely friendly. He's a horrible person. But he's very different. And I'd like to see a very different character. And I'd like to see them explore him. But I don't think it's ever going to happen because... I mean, we've got two out of three people here that don't want it to happen because they just don't like the character. They think he's a brat. I think it'd be interesting to explore a very, very different character. But I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean... I think that's that's a good point. It is. It would be something interesting to see, 
but maybe as a mini-series instead of an entire zone series. It, things might change. He might not be such a brat after he's with Dick for a year and Bruce comes back, and maybe that'll work then, but right now I just don't see it as a uh, as a miniseries, I I would pick it up just to check it out to see, you know, if he killed anybody and went you know the wrong way. Yeah, well, maybe they could do um, what they did with Robin and do a miniseries of Damien and see if it's successful. Just give it a test to see what people think about it, and then if it's successful, do a series. Mm-hmm. All right. So as always, remember to email your questions into podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net we will make sure we ask them on the air we have recordings every two weeks so be sure to get questions in Dig the car. This is why Superman works alone. So let's move into our spotlight character for this episode. And we, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, we are going to cover Joe Chill. Joe Chill was the mugger who robbed Thomas and Martha Wayne, shooting them when they resisted and setting their son Bruce on a path that led to him his led to him becoming Batman. And that was in Detective Comics number thirty-three, November nineteen thirty-nine. On Earth 2, Chill was a thief actually hired by a mobster named Liu Moxon to rob and kill the Waynes, settling a score with Thomas Wayne. When Thomas resisted the presumed robbery, Chill shot him. The shock caused Martha to have a fatal heart attack. Young Bruce looked at Chill with such deadly eyes that it scared the hitman and he ran off, leaving Bruce an orphan. Through the years, Chill became a successful albeit small-time mob boss who came to the attention of Batman. When Batman saw Chill up close, he recognized the man despite the passage of time. The Dark Knight detective cornered Chill in his office and unmasked, showing the killer what his efforts had created. Chill, threatened by Batman's promise to haunt him, burst out of his office and into where his men sat. He when he blurted out that he was responsible for the creation of Batman, they shot him dead. That was in Batman number 47, June through July 1948. Only later did Batman discover the true reason behind his parents' deaths. It was crime boss Liu Moxon who ordered Chill to kill the Waynes. The reason dated back to a costume party before Bruce was born. There, Thomas had dressed in a costume not dissimilar to that of the Batman. Moxon and his men had barged in and forced the doctor to remove a bullet from Moxon. Wayne subsequently testified against the criminal and Moxon vowed revenge. Batman tracked down Moxon and, with his regular uniform damaged, wore his father's costume. Moxon had been suffering from amnesia at the time, but upon seeing the outfit, his memory snapped back. Confused, he thought it was Thomas Wayne's ghost come to haunt him. He ran into the street only to be struck and killed by a truck. Detective Comics 235, September 1958. Very interesting how people are just randomly running into places and then dying. 
Yeah. On Earth-1, only low-life criminal Joe Chill was involved in the Wayne's death. Chill intended to rob them, but when Thomas resisted, he wound up shooting both adults. In the wake of the crime, Gotham City Social Services personnel turned Bruce over to his uncle Philip. Bruce spent his childhood at Philip's estate, growing close to the housekeeper, Mrs. Chilton, never learning she was Joe Chill's mother. She, though, knew Bruce had become Batman and kept a scrapbook of his exploits. Even though both her sons, Max and Joe, died after encountering Batman, she harbored no grudges. This is in Batman number 208 from January, February 1969. In one reality created by the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Joe Chill was still responsible for the Wayne's death, but played a later role in Batman's life. When the Reaper returned to menace the city's criminals, the various bosses chipped in to hire Chill to kill the vigilante. Chill and Batman crossed paths and agreed it might be best if they pooled their resources, even though it became clear to Batman who Chill was. He vowed that once the Reaper was disposed of, he would kill Chill. When the Reaper killed the men who had hired Chill, the hired gun no longer felt the need to honour the contract. Batman took Chill to Crime Alley, where the Wayne murders had taken place, and unmasked. The two men fought, with Batman actually holding a gun to Chill's head, ready to pull the trigger when the Reaper arrived. The Vigilante instead killed Chill. That was in Detective Comics number 572 to 575, March through June 1987, which was reviewed on Bat Books for Beginners. Yep, that was year two. Yep. Waves of reality rippled through the universe as a result of people trapped in limbo-like realm. One such ripple removed Joe Chill from reality, and for some time Batman had no idea who killed the Waynes. This was in Zero Hour, Crisis in Time, number 4 through 0, September 1994. After the events known as Infinite Crisis, Joe Chill was restored to the fabric of time and space and was known to have killed the Waynes. He was imprisoned for the crime with the Reaper encounter erased. And that was in Infinite Crisis number 6, May 2006. On the parallel world designated Earth 3, Joe Chill and Thomas Wayne were friends. When a police officer wanted to question Wayne regarding a crime, the doctor refused. The crooked cop fired at Wayne, but instead killed Bruce and Martha. It was Joe Chill who found the bodies in Crime Alley. He raised Thomas Jr., who later became that world's smartest thinker, our man. Thomas Sr. went on to become Gotham's police commissioner. That was in JLA Earth 2 2000, which starts to get very confusing. Yes, definitely. That's Joe Chill. Obviously, we also know that he appeared in Batman Begins and was murdered in Batman Begins, so you wouldn't have to worry about any of that. Wallace. Joey. Come on, fast. That's fine. Fast. Take it easy. Take it easy. Here you go. It's fine. It's fine. Now just take it and go. I said you were... So that was Joe Chill. Now let's move into our feature for this episode, which, as we said, will in fact be a discussion of a Batman Year One type TV series. 
We briefly talked about this in the past. We've talked about it in the forums, and I know at length we've talked about it as you know, not on the podcast, but we've talked about it numerous times in conversations with different people about the possibility of having a Batman Year One TV show. Now, if you watch Smallville, it'll be something similar to the Smallville, where um, the idea would be that you're watching Bruce grow up like Clark Kent grew up in Smallville. The difference is that, um, obviously, he doesn't have powers, so he's not learning powers. He would have to obtain um, skills that that's what that's why he becomes so great at martial arts and detective skills and all that. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's what we're going to talk about. So, the first thing that we're going to do is, there was actually a TV show that was planned at one point called, uh, I don't even think they actually had a name, it was just Batman Year One, but it was a story about how Batman became Batman, it was a Smallville-esque show that was supposed to follow Bruce Wayne. Now, what was really interesting about this was that a lot of the characters that ended up being very important in Bruce Wayne's future actually make an appearance in one way or the other. So Harvey Dent is actually Bruce Wayne's best friend. Um, Harleen Quinzel is actually uh, a girl going to the same school, but she's going there for psychology. Um, there's a comedian that Harleen Quinzel is madly in love with. Who is deathly pale? Um, yeah, so interesting. Sounds awful. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that kind of that kind of uh, episode would have been just yeah, like how Nick just said, really awful. Do you know when abouts that was um, proposed? Was it the nineties or more yeah, recently? This was uh, late nineties, early two thousand. It was right around the same time that. Batman, or uh, Smallville, came on to be TV. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, this is some of the more interesting information that tells you different things. It says, as detailed in the information about the pilot, Bruce Wayne begins with the lead, with the lead character only days away from his 18th birthday. Him and his faithful man, servant Alfred Pennyworth, return to Gotham City so Bruce can sign Wayne Corp over to the corporation's trustees. Of course, he gets there and it seems his family's company might not be only responsible for the decline of Gotham City and corruption within, but they also might be trying to kill him. Bruce's number one ally among the Gotham Police Department then is now Detective Jim Gordon. Aside from Detective Gordon, the police force is full of corruption, going all the way up to Gordon's boss, Lieutenant Flass. Harvey Dent is Bruce Wayne's best friend. Harvey's a few years older, rich, spoiled, selfish, and bored. Harvey's studying corporate law, but his friendship with Bruce and his excitement therein may lead him to take a different route later in life. Oh, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Harvey has no shame and is always trying to get Bruce to lighten up a bit. Bruce has a number of interests in the show's first season, including the Gotham City Youth Shelter. Barbara Gordon hangs out there, but another woman who runs the shelter really catches Bruce's eye. She is Susan Dent a very attractive sister of Harvey, and of course, with it being the WB, love interest for young Bruce Wayne. Also vying for Bruce's attention is a young TV gossip reporter named Vicki Vale, and a psychology student named Harleen Quinzel may also be in Bruce's future. So, what's interesting is that Susan Dent is the sister of Harvey Dent, 
Then we have Vicki Vale, who's a TV reporter, which means she's not 18 years old. She's older than Bruce Wayne. And then a psychology student who may or may not be 18, but most likely over. So all these people somehow are older than Bruce Wayne. Hmm. I don't. I don't. I don't know how that would have worked. Wait, uh, wait, it gets even better. This is what's even funnier. A few other folks from Batman's future make their way through. There's the mysterious consultant Selina Kyle, the would-be comedian uh, named Jack Napier, a kid from Smallville, Kansas, named Clark Kent. Bruce meets Clark as he is in town for a Wayne Corp-sponsored conference of high school journalists. Bruce dismisses Clark at first as a nice kid from the sticks, but then he starts to realize there's something odd about this farm boy. Um, then it says, as the series progresses, Bruce becomes more and more intrigued and fascinated by the criminal element. He spends a time at Arkham Asylum, observing the fel- felons within. He restores Wayne Manor and brings in a series of martial arts trainers. He buys sleek racing motorcycles. He realizes that in the helmet and leather, speeding through the night, that it is quite pleasure to be completely anonymous. At the end of the first season, Bruce would find a large cavern underneath Wayne Manor. He and Alfred bring in Polish workers and blacked-out planes and buses to set up what ultimately becomes the Batcave. Um, in later seasons, Bruce would take bigger steps. He joins the GCPD. It doesn't last. Then he goes to the FBI Academy, and that, too, is a bust. His skills grow as the series progresses. He has martial arts already when the show is already when the show begins but they are perfected he learns more about car racing helicopter and airport airplane flying gymnastics and more um yeah so that's essentially it there's not really and it says each episode would be framed by the bookend scenes of an older alfred telling the tales through his memoirs an element that would later be seen to some extent um, in future episodes so yeah No. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds dire, doesn't it? It just sounds like it would be awful. Wait, but the, the thing is that they're missing the whole point of Bruce's early years. Bruce's early years, he was supposed to be gone from Gotham, taking on learning about martial arts, growing his knowledge. Me? I would rather much have seen something like Bruce going to Europe and, you know, finding, like, the mysterious Van Gogh painting that had been missing for, for you know, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years or something. You know what I mean? Something where it's been, it has, hasn't been done where we see his detective skills being honed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe something, you know, solving something in India or Egypt. You know what I mean? Something very cool. That's... That's what Bruce should be, well, not staying in really, Gotham. What would be really cool is, yes, if they if he left Gotham, but also if you saw something in regards of he learns a new skill and then he applies the new skill to some task, whether it be he learns, he uses this skill to solve an unsolved crime or something like that. Um, he has detective skills, but then like he learns how to do jiu-jitsu. So he's in some country, and he uses the jiu-jitsu to, to solve some kind of crime that hasn't been solved or something like that. And as time progresses, he just keeps solving these unsolved crimes, and that's what literally makes him the world's greatest detective. 
Exactly. I mean, can you imagine us going to Russia and him learning, you know, their their kind of culture? You know what I mean? That would be very cool. I also I can't stand the whole high school element. I really I don't like Smallville probably for the same reason. And the idea of having all these characters like Harley Quinn and Jack Napier and Vicky Vale, all these people being in his life beforehand, I really don't like that. What they should do is, as we say, Bruce Wayne's disappeared. You could, you could probably spend the entire series out of Gotham. There's no reason to be in Gotham, really. You could mm-hmm. spend the entire series in another country with, with characters we've never seen before. The only character we will know is Bruce Wayne. Maybe bring in the odd obscure character, but that's all we need, Bruce Wayne. You can invent a whole new storyline and characters and settings um, outside of that. You don't need to worry about making sure the Joker is in the show or anything like that. I mean, it's not difficult to do an international-looking show because I know for a fact Lost film you know, 99% of their stuff in Hawaii, but they make it seem sometimes like it's in Afghanistan or London or Germany or Russia. They go all over the place, but they film everything in Hawaii, so it's not difficult to make the show you know travel around that's not a hard thing to do but i just really hate that high school stuff i really don't like it and i don't think it would fit right the high school element is something that would turn me off from the batman series because honestly we don't need bruce wayne the main like the main thing in the series be about bruce's love interest because honestly that would not be the main focus point in any batman story Unless you are Grant Morrison and you're tricking everybody by thinking that Jezebel Jet is the one and only for Bruce Wayne. But, besides the point, um, <laughs> uh, I think you could definitely do, he's in a different place every single episode. Uh, the Unit is another TV show that, like every episode, they're in a different country doing some kind of mission. And you could easily do that with a TV show. Now, the one thing that I would have to say is I would not want to see this on network TV. Um, I would probably want to see this on like HBO. And we've talked about this before, but I think HBO would be a better way where it could be a little bit more violent. It could be a little bit more, um, a little bit more than what you could see on network television. Plus, I don't see it working on any network except for Warner Brothers, uh, CW, because. They wouldn't want to put something like that on any other station because it's too big of a TV show, um, and I don't want to see it on CW. So Warner Brothers also owns HBO, so put it on HBO. HBO puts out plenty of d- decent TV shows, and there's no reason why we can't have a decent show come from this. Even if it lasts only two seasons, I think it'd be worth it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be totally worth it. I mean, we could see uh, Bruce uh, becoming Batman, you know, becoming that that detective. And I, I don't, I don't know why they want to try to capture this whole youth moment within, you know, uh, uh, WB. Where yeah, we got to do it as teenagers because that's what that's what's going on. Because we got to capture that audience. You know what? If you do a good story and you get the right writers. That audience will come, and the Dark Knight proved that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think maybe when they were writing this, they were—I mean—they're obviously looking for kids and teenagers, but there's a much larger, mature adult audience, and the Dark Knight proved it. You know, they want mature stories, and if the story is compelling, it doesn't matter if it's a lot darker than the kid stuff. People will come and see these things, and I think television is starting to become a much larger 
Hollywood style medium with shows like 24 doing really well. And the show's getting larger and larger, and I believe Star Wars are thinking of doing some sort of live-action TV series. So the big franchise is going to start coming in. DC Entertainment, the newly formed uh, media group, might want to think about the possibility of Batman on TV. And as we're saying, I think you can easily avoid all that comic continuity stuff just get because there's not much detail of Bruce Wayne training in his younger years. And when I say younger years, I mean like 18 to I don't know, 20, 25, that sort of period. And that's the time you could focus on, get new characters, go wherever in the world, create new stories, and I think that's a great idea. And it's interesting no one's come up with that idea or at least press forward with it. And I think it's something that they're missing out on. See, I think one of the problems is that Warner Brothers looks at something, like if someone was to present them with this idea and they were to say hey, this is an awesome idea, we should do it. And there's plenty of people at Warner Brothers who also think it's a really good idea. I think the main problem is they don't want this to conflict with what's going on with The Dark Knight and Chris Nolan's making Chris Nolan's Batman movies. And I understand that, but here's the reality. Chris Nolan's not going to be around forever. We're going to get a Batman 3 one way or the other. If it's with Chris Nolan, great. If not, you know what I say? I say wait. Hold off on making another Batman movie. Do the TV show instead. Get more people to really appreciate who Batman is. Make it an awesome TV show. And then, once it's done, you can do a couple different things. You can either reboot the series or pick up where Nolan left off. One way or the other, you get a lot more people to know who Batman is because they just learned how he became Batman. Instead of, he finds a bat and he becomes somebody Batman. Yeah, and you miss that seven years of his life. Like, uh, where did he go? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Either way, we're gonna get a Batman three. Now, is it gonna be with Christopher Nolan? Don't know. Is it gonna be Christian Bell? Don't know. But one thing is for certain, we are gonna get another Batman movie. Even if it was from ninety seven to ninety five, almost a ten year span there, we did get another Batman film. So why not go out there and experiment? And the greatest thing is, is that, yes, Batman Begins touched on it a little bit, but they never fully explore, uh, explored it because of the time that they had to put a film together. But the thing is, on TV, I mean, what if Batman solved, like, you know, a mystery that Ramsey's had? You know what I mean? From Egypt. I'm, I just think that would be so freaking cool to, to exploit that side of Bruce that has never been seen before. And, I mean, if they're looking for that opportunity in TV, they should, they should definitely take it up. I think they'd be very misguided to think that this is going to somehow deteriorate Batman 3. Because, I mean, look at Smallville and Superman Returns. You know, you've got two things going on there. That didn't seem to bother things much. I, I, I hope that's not what they're thinking, because I think that's a stupid way of doing things. Um, and yeah, I just it amazes me that this Batman show really hasn't pushed on. But um, maybe they don't... I mean, if you go for HBO, you're looking at top-quality writers. And the writers are the most important part of a TV show, really. And um, you don't need to do an enormous, you know, 20-episode series. It only needs to be, like, 10 or 12 episodes. And you could make a really interesting series out of that. Even if, even if it was, like, a one of those series that's only around for one season, but it had a lot of information in it, I think that would be worthwhile too. Like, Rome was one of them that I really enjoyed. Um, mm. The first season was great. The second season was like, why did it even bother? The 
first season told the story of what everybody knows. The second season was kind of a waste of time. But if you don't even know that there's a second season, just watch the first season. It tells an awesome story in about, I think it was like 15 or 16 episodes. You could do that with Batman very easily, and it would be great. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I, I love that that Rome season one, but I mean that that would be very great. I mean, if they can do something like that. I mean, look at True Blood. True Blood is a success, and it doesn't have teenagers in it. Plenty of sex and blood. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna wrap up this conversation. Um, email your thoughts in on what you think a Batman Year One type TV show would, would what you would want to see. And maybe in future, in the next episode, we'll read some responses of some different people during the listener question entry or listen question segment. Um, you can also go onto the forums. I know we we started a, th- a thread. Somebody started a thread way back in the day about a Batman TV series, and it'll be interesting to hear your responses for this. You have learned to bury your guilt with anger. I will teach you to confront it, and to face the truth. You know how to fight six men. We can teach you how to engage 600. You know how to disappear. We can teach you to become truly invisible. So, that's going to wrap everything up for this episode. Um, As always, email us, podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can go onto the forums, become a member, chat with other bad fans, visit the website for daily news, check out the editorial section of the website for all kinds of opinion pieces from myself, Nick, Apple, and Josh, and everybody else who works with the site. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We have a YouTube page. Um, that's pretty much, I think, everything. Also, go to uh, projectfanboy.com and help us uh, get nominated for the Project Fanboy Awards as well. Yes, that's actually right around the corner, so be sure to do that. Uh, And this is just uh, nominations, isn't it? This isn't the awards. Right, it's just nominations. The actual uh, award will be... We have to be nominated, which is weird because we're already on a list, but that's... I guess they're just adding a step. But essentially, we have been put into a list of possible nominations we have to make it through this first stage to be nominated and then eventually move on to possibly winning it by um, a different vote that will come later on this year so if, if you haven't voted for us yet um, please help us out we, we'd appreciate it yes most definitely and remember October 26th to October 30th we will in fact be having War uh, contest for the Batman, the Brave, and the Bold soundtrack, which all you need to do is you need to send us the answer to who voices Batman and Batman, the Brave, and the Bold, along with your name, address, and phone number, and we will get you a copy of Batman, Brave, and the Bold. Two winners every day uh, for every day of the week, so be sure to, to get that in. What's better than something free? I don't know how many yeah. times said free stuff is always the best stuff yeah those things are going to go by fast yeah right so that's everything for this episode on the next episode it will be released right before halloween so we will be having a special halloween episode where we talk about some batman horror aspects so look forward to that this is dustin 
This is Apple. This is Nick. You've been listening to the Batman Universe podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. So long. Okay, but I, I've been having a, uh, like a sore throat since Friday. Sounds so like it. Yeah, so I'll sound, I'll sound a, a little weird, a little weird. We can just say your mic's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to start off the, the, the podcast like, this is killer croc. <laughs> <laughs> So I walked out of there and told my wife, I said, I think I got the croc flu. Yeah. <laughs> what should she say about that? She started laughing. <laughs> she goes, you're, you're going to turn gray now? Yeah, gray skin. Yeah. Sharp teeth. <laughs>